Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Uh, At the pace at which we began yesterday, we're going to be in the book of Jeremiah for a long time. I think there's uh, 1,300 and some odd verses in the book of Jeremiah, 52 chapters, and we covered one verse yesterday, so we better get moving. We did give you some background uh, material yesterday, so I hope that was helpful. But today we want to jump right in. So look at Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse number 1 again. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. Look at verse number two. To whom, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the third in the thirteenth year of his reign. So we know that Josiah began reigning when he was eight years of age. So eight plus thirteen is twenty-one. So Josiah was a 21-year-old when Jeremiah's ministry began. And Jeremiah probably began ministering uh, as a person in his late teens or early 20s. And the reason we know that is because he complains to the Lord in this very chapter about, hey, I'm too young to be called to be a prophet. Understand that a priest would not begin his ministry until age 30. So anybody that would begin in a ministry like a priest or a prophet that wasn't age 30 would think, I'm too young. I'm, I'm just a child. And that's exactly what Jeremiah is going to say. So interesting that Josiah, a man that's following God, a good king, and Jeremiah, this son of the priest, uh, they are both people, men with a heart for God, young men. And it's interesting how God has used young men throughout history, uh, to accomplish great things for the Lord. Let no man despise thy youth, the Apostle Paul said to Timothy. But be thou an example of the believers in word and conversation and all those various ways. Uh, Don't allow youth to preclude service for the Lord. Have you ever read the age of the founding fathers in 1776? It's an amazing thing. You ought to just look that up, Google that. It's amazing how young those men were that that were so instrumental in uh, our freedom as, as a nation. Think about the disciples. Uh, Jesus began his public ministry at age 30. Almost always it was the case that the followers of a rabbi would be younger than that rabbi. And so probably most, if not all, of the disciples were in their 20s or even younger when they followed the Lord. And yet these were the men whom God used to get the gospel around the world. So don't despise youth. Uh, Solomon said at the end of his long life, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth before the evil years come. In other words, the implication is a young people can make such a difference for the Lord. You might be a teenager listening to this podcast. 
You might be uh, somebody just uh, in the early stages of your career. Don't think you have to wait to make a difference for the cause of Christ because men like Josiah, men like Jeremiah were men whom God used, whom he chose to use to influence a nation that was desperately in need of godly influence. So here in verse number two, the Bible says the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. So what, what, which one is it? Because in verse number one, it says these are the words of Jeremiah. And in verse number two, it says these are the words of the Lord. Well, it's both, right? Because God uses human beings to communicate his word. And the authors of scripture are human beings, but ultimately it's the Holy Spirit of God, the divine author, who uses human beings in the authorship of the word of God. So yes, it's the word of Jeremiah, but yes, it's the word of God. As God distilled his word in and through the personality and experience of Jeremiah. Now, look at verse number three. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim. Okay, who is he? He's the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Now, that took place in 586 B.C. So again, Jeremiah's ministry spans 40 to 50 years, just faithfully preaching, teaching, really mostly in bad times, mostly uh, in times when his message was opposed by the people of God who should have been listening and receptive of the word of God, and yet were not receptive of the word of God. So Jeremiah reigns during, or rather preaches during the reign of Josiah, who dies in 609 BC. And then Josiah actually has a son that reigns immediately after him, who only reigns for three months. He's not even mentioned here. It's such a short reign. His name is Jehoiaz. But then uh, uh, Josiah's son, Jehoiakim, begins to reign. The Bible has another name for him, Eliakim. Jehoiakim, Eliakim, same person, reigns for 11 years. And then his son, uh, Jeconiah, Jehoiakim, also called Coniah, uh, reigns, but just for three months. He's captured and taken to Babylon and years later released from prison and allowed to eat with the kings of Babylon. That's a whole different story. He's not even mentioned here. And then Zedekiah, another son of Josiah, is the last king of Judah. And he reigns for 11 years, and he's really just a vassal king, a puppet king for Babylon. And wow, uh, the end of his reign is just as, wow, it's just a, a really sad story. As Jerusalem is finally besieged, uh, it's finally destroyed. The temple, the great Solomonic temple is destroyed. Uh, Zedekiah tries to get away, but uh, can't. He's captured. His sons are murdered in front of him. And they watch. he watches his sons be executed. They were probably just young boys, maybe teenagers. And then after they murder Zedekiah's son, the Babylonians, in front of Zedekiah, they pluck out his eyes so that the last thing he ever saw was his own sons murdered. I mean, these are dark, dark 
days. We're going to get to all of this in the course of our study of this book, but just understand that these are difficult times in which to minister, difficult times to preach. And God is giving his word to Jeremiah. And like every other faithful prophet, Jeremiah's job is not to change the hearts of people. Jeremiah's job is simply to communicate to man what God has told him. That's always the job of a prophet, to represent God to man. Now remember, Jeremiah is also the son of a priest, and the job of a priest was to represent man to God. So in many ways, Jeremiah has this representative ministry, representing God to man, man to God, kind of a mediator, if you will, a great picture of the Lord Jesus himself, who is the ultimate mediator. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Would it surprise you if I said that Jeremiah was his ministry what when 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 they when Jesus asked his own disciples, I'll say it that way, when Jesus asked his own disciples, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What are people saying about me? Remember that passage in Matthew chapter 16? As Jesus and the disciples are in Caesarea Philippi, Jesus is asking that question. Remember what the disciples said? They said, Well, some people are saying that you're Jeremiah or that you're Elijah or that you're one of the prophets. So think about it. What was it about Jeremiah and about Jesus where the disciples said, hey, people are mistaking you for Jeremiah? Was it the the passion of Jesus' ministry? Was it his pathos, his compassion, his weeping for the people? Several times the Bible says that Jesus wept, wept over the city, wept at the funeral of Lazarus. There was something about the passion the authenticity, the faithfulness of Jeremiah, that when Jesus came to planet Earth, people said, boy, is this Jeremiah? What a great prophet he was. Now, look at verse number four. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying. So this is really the introduction to the entire ministry of Jeremiah that God's word came to him and called him. He was called by God to ministry. What did that calling look like? How does God call people? And when God does call people, how does he equip them for ministry? And what sometimes are the responses of people when God calls them? Because we find that in several places in the Bible where God specifically singles out somebody for ministry, calls them, and yet they're reluctant to answer that call. How does Jeremiah respond to the call of God upon his life? That's a great question, but we're going to have to answer that question tomorrow. So I hope you'll join us again for tomorrow's episode as we talk about the call of Jeremiah to ministry. And just as God has a call for Jeremiah, so he has a call for your life as well. Might not be a prophet, might not be a preacher, might not be a missionary or a teacher, but rest assured that God has a purpose for your life, Ephesians 2.10, and for mine as well. Let's discover it, embrace it, and obey the Lord and the calling that he has placed upon each one of our lives. Hope that helps today. Have a great day in the Lord. We'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. 
Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.